Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Manifestation Mastery on Blog Talk Radio. Life-changing manifestations with your host, Sterling Meyer. guys. Well, I certainly hope that you can hear me. I've got a new microphone. So um, hopefully this is working. And uh, there wasn't really any kind of way where I could just test it out without going on the air. So we're just freestyling it. I'm Sterling Meyer. I am the host of this show, Manifestation Mastery. I want to welcome you to episode 23, and I am uh, I'm a manifestation specialist who helps individuals as well as corporations to tap into results and experiences that supersede even our wildest imaginings. So tonight's show is actually quite special to me because It has to do with me being a part of a historical event. So what I'm I'm calling the Texas nightmare that turned into a blissful reality. But before we dive into tonight's show, I wanted to mention that me being off the air last Wednesday means I had to reschedule our guest prolific actress, author, worldwide speaker, and medium D. Wallace, mother mother to Elliot in E.T. So again, I request that you mark your calendars for April 14th. It has been rescheduled Wednesday, April 14th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I promise you, no more going off the grid unintentionally. Yep. That's my intention, is not to go off the grid unintentionally, as happened during that crazy storm and blackout, amongst other things. So before we we actually go into everything, I wanted to also mention a great news, actor Bruce Glover, father to Crispin Glover, actor first before Crispin Glover. He's known for his sinister role, the nemesis to James Bond and Diamonds Are Forever. He's going to be on the show in March. So go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe to be notified of these upcoming shows, whether it's Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or TuneIn or Google Podcasts. You can listen from many streams, all of which are listed in the body of the description of the show. Um, The other thing that I wanted to say was March 6th for seven weeks. That's right, seven magical weeks. On Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Allison Winrider of the Netflix hit series Rescue Mediums, and I will be hosting an event on Zoom. 
you can not only learn to master the manifestation process, but Allison is going to be guiding you to your intuition and your ability to connect to loved ones who have passed over. It's going to be an amazing and intimate event, and there are just a few spots left. So you can sign up on my website, getyourlifenow.com. Just click on the event tab. You will see Manifest Your Best Life, and they will be recorded. So in the event you cannot attend, each and every session, you will get a recorded session sent to you. So for you guys out there, they're, oh, I don't know if I could commit. 10 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Hmm. seven weeks. Well, don't worry, we got you covered with a recording. So I just invite you to go for it. We have a bright and extraordinary future ahead of us, but only if, We are well-armed, and we choose it to be. And we've got the tools to make it amazing to be completely over and beyond what you even consume, uh, you you actually uh, perceive as being extraordinary or amazing. We're going to go beyond that. Yeah, we're going to really knock down some serious walls. You didn't even know we're there. Well, Do I have a tale to tell for you tonight? It all started February 15th, almost 10 days ago at 2 a.m. When I awoke and I noticed it was, I'm awaking to a freezing home. And I discovered the electricity went out. And this was my, this was my week while I happened to be here. Here it is. It's like 20 degrees Fahrenheit. The lows for the next nights were like 8 degrees Fahrenheit. And believe it or not, it was honestly colder inside than outside. I didn't even think that was possible, but it was. So um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that here we are. It's the afternoon. I tried to find hotels with power because, you know, there, there were spots. There were spots where... There was some power. A lot of times it was because it was near an emergency place, you know, like police stations and hospitals and fire stations and things like that. So a lot of it had to do with that, whether somebody had, you know, um, power or not. So even though I started really early, oh, my goodness, everybody was booked up. Everybody had the same idea. Everybody thought. This was not going to be a short-term thing. Even though we all received notifications that there would be some rolling blackouts, 10 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, no big deal. So my gut was telling me this is going to be taking a long time. So I I, I reached out to my mother, my saint of a mother who just stepped in, and she took the bulls by the horn because she was out, you know, about – an hour away with intermittent electricity. So she was able to actually call around to try and find a hotel. Now, my cell phone wasn't really working most of the the time. I just got call failure and things like that. A lot of busy signals. 
And uh, so she stepped in and she, she finally found a hotel outside of town, much further than you want to be traveling on these completely ice block roads. I mean, we're not talking patchy ice. We're talking about solid ice. And so it made me think, you know, our modernized life is not set up to support these kinds of challenges. We have freezing weather, slick as oil roads, which were also very difficult to walk on if you if you could at all. If you maybe you could if you're an awesome ice skater. No power, no water, not enough food supply. Um, it was absolutely nothing like I'd lived through before. And uh, when you know it, I also was waiting for this snow, this little cold snap to kind of pass because that's what the weather report said. Uh, a day of cold weather. You know what? I can just eat my frozen food. I'll, you know, I'll survive. I'll survive. And I'll go to the grocery store some other time. So talk about being low on rations there. But my good Samaritan friend, John, he happened to be out of town. And he was returning in an SUV. And although he was only a mile away when he arrived, he kept getting stuck in the ice and snow. Ultimately, it took him three hours to get to me. And my friend, Danny, she she lives alone. And I insisted that she come with me and bring her blind, tiny Yorkie. You know, I, I just couldn't even bear the thought of anybody having to suffer single digits under those circumstances, especially because it's colder inside than it is out. So we had to walk in the dark in ice and snow for half a mile carrying pups. I have my pup. She's got her pup. We have bags. And we're trying to find my friend with the car who couldn't come to us because the roads were too bad. It was very, very hard for us to walk on the ice and God bless her. You know, she fell and dropped her puppy and uh, I almost fell and dropped Gigi, my 10-pound multi-poo. So we had to meet him at the freeway because any of the side roads were absolutely impossible, just not tricky, impossible. So we get on the freeway and we wrecked several times getting to the hotel on the freeway. We're fishtailing, we're getting stuck in ice for 10 minutes, I mean, could not get out under these underpasses. It was really, really cold. And there's four, there's 18 wheelers around us and all kinds of cars stuck, can't move. None of us can get out of there. But finally, it was as if it was just luck or, I mean, it was just a blessing. We actually got back on the road and we started driving to the hotel. And next thing you know, our car spins out of control on a two-lane freeway with no shoulder, and we crashed into the median, and we're just wide-eyed watching this oncoming freeway traffic coming right at us, knowing that they really don't have any brakes on ice, and knowing they have no idea to see what's going on, and knowing they have nowhere to go to veer off to in this really narrow stretch of road. But it really was like a miracle because I don't know how we got out of that patch, but somehow, unlike the other patches, we were able to turn around and avoid this head-on collision. That was a miracle. Um, 
moving on from there, you know, it was pretty much, you never know what you're going to get. We still had about seven miles in front of us, this 12 mile stretch. And every second you're just thinking any minute now, you know, any of those things that just happened could happen again. Are we going to make it there safely? But we intentionally kept our eye on being there safely, getting there safely. However possible, we just kept really focusing our intention of arriving safely. So amidst all the possibilities, right? So I had called the hotel while we were driving there to make sure they didn't give the room away that my mother had reserved because it was taking us about six hours to get there. And I know they were being inundated with requests to have rooms and who knows, maybe they would think, well, maybe these people aren't coming and these people are desperate. Let's let them have the room. Who knows? So I call and we never had received a confirmation number. So that was a little, uh, you know, when my mother booked the hotel. So it was a little uh, touch and go, but they assured her that there were two rooms set aside and don't worry about a confirmation number. But when I called them, they, I gave them my name. I gave her her number. I mean, her name and our numbers, all the details that we use to secure the rooms. And they said, oh, no, no reservation. And we're thinking, oh, my gosh, we're stuck here. And there's really no turning back. And what, there's no going forward. What do we do? And I assured her, I said, my mother spoke to you directly. This wasn't a third-party booking, like booking buddy or anything like that. This was one-on-one booking. And they said, well, I'm sorry. We've already turned down hundreds of reservations. You're just like them. We don't have the room for you. And then it was like magic. It was really was because all of a sudden she just, completely turns around from this absolute to asking me what give me your names again give me your name again so I gave her my name my mother's name just in case it was under either one of our names oh yeah we have your rooms they're here wow and just think that you know we could have just hung up and that would have been that right so we did manage to make it to the hotel room and um, they, uh, once we got there, we felt a sense of relief for a moment. And my my dear friend, John, walked, oh, what ages? I mean, everything was spread out. We were in this area that there really wasn't many uh, uh, restaurants or, uh, you know, facilities of any kind. It was kind of almost in the middle of nowhere. But he walked out, braved the storm, went out there looking for food for us. And he managed to find only a gas station. Everything was closed. And a lot of things were closed simply because they were telling their employees nothing to do with the catastrophe. But they were telling their employees to stay home. Don't go to work because the weather's been cold and snowy and whatnot, you know. So... So that was already put in place before this whole power outage happened. And he got to this gas station and he had to wait outside for about two hours to go in. And of course, everything was about gone except for a bag of spicy chips and um, a little bit of water. So we kind of sustained ourselves with that and uh, made it through the night. But 
it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing because we really banded together and everybody was so supportive. Fast forward to the, you know, following day, we have Tuesday, we have Wednesday. Yeah. Guess what? We lost water. We had no water and the food was more scarce and less available. But he, John managed to do something that I insisted he not do, which was to brave and drive in that weather, which I looked at the road and it was just a solid block of ice. I don't think there's no way you can drive on this, but he insisted on it. He was unstoppable, courageous, and he went out there and he finally found this little Mediterranean restaurant who was not going to give up and shut down and was able to bring us a little bit of like, you know, hummus and falafel and some pita bread. And we had a wonderful time with that. And we're so super grateful. And we stayed up that night playing games and making up games and telling stories that really, really bonded us. But we had no water in the hotel and uh, no showers, no running water, no way to flush the toilet. Um, all the things that you rely on. So this was a little tricky because water was starting to get more and more scarce. So the situation was what it was. But the amazing thing was, is that regardless of being without these things, we did have power. You know, we, we really, really were able to come together and Everything that was great had to do with who people were being. Everything that worked had to do with who people were being. I can't really emphasize enough who we are being and how important it is. Um, And the other thing, too, is this was on Wednesday. My friend Danny, she was on a group work call and uh, she she actually got a notice from one of the people there saying, I have a four by four. And if anybody needs food or um, uh, transportation, he offered it willingly. So we spoke up because John's daughter was stuck in a house. They had run out of propane to keep them warm. And they were using camping gear to stay warm and propane gas heater and they ran out of this propane it was really important that we took them out of there um because you know we don't want anybody to have to experience any kind of hypothermia or any kind of uh, floods and it was really cold indoors so he actually went to walmart and stood in line for over three hours to get us some food by the time he got in there there wasn't much but at least he found some noodles and some Oreo cookies, <laughs> some bits and bobs like that. And we were very, very grateful. And uh, he had was able to get like one small bottle of water um, to for us to share. And and uh, yeah, so he picked her up and brought her back to the hotel. And it was amazing. We wanted to pay him for his gas and, you know, for everything. And he just would not accept it. 
he would not accept it. It made him so happy to be of service and to be helping others. It's just so wonderful to see that. It's so wonderful to see that people not only help each other, but they want nothing in return. And just the act to be of service is enough of a reward for them, which was just amazing. I mean, boy, I thought that was a bygone era. So that's how we got through our Wednesday. Thursday, it started, uh, you know, the temperature started warming up a little bit. However, it was still really, really, really treacherous roads. But my my friend John, he was very determined and he felt confident that he could go back in his SUV because he had a friend who offered him a four by four. Boy, there was no stopping this guy. He's a real hero. He insisted upon it. And he he went out and <laughs> I laugh because I'm thinking, you know, before he even picked this up on Monday, he had already gotten stuck in the in the snow and was having to drive backwards and on the ice and all this treacherous stuff 20 times before he actually reached us 20 times I thought it was maybe a handful of times he assured me no 20 times at least so he braved his his way back four by four and came to pick us up uh, because you know what we thought hey the electricity happened to be back on where we're where we're staying, where we're we're staying at, living at, and there was no water. But better to be there with your own food that you have left, and you know your power, but no water than to be stuck in a hotel like that. I mean, this was having my Gigi, the most good-natured dog in the world, who has never really felt fear. This dog is six years old. She doesn't even know fear. She knows fear like, oh, there's something falling on me. I'm going to get out of the way. But not like mental fear or emotional fear. And her being in that hotel room was so difficult. She really loves her space. But she was lashing out. She had never done this before. Just the change and the difficulty and, you know, and just, being confused and not really knowing what's going on and being under these conditions. And, uh, yeah, it just really wore on her nerves a lot. And uh, I, I just had never seen her behave that way. She's much better now that she has a chance to relax. We kept our spirits up. We had a good time. People were great with each other. And that's really what made all the difference. And... We got back on Thursday, but still no water. And guess what? I had no water until just minutes before I got on this show tonight, Wednesday, February 24th. Started February 15th, and now we're at February 24th, and I just got water. So it's a wonderful thing. I'm always grateful for all the things that I have. I really am, and... uh, it is it is a luxury, the life that we lead. I watched this documentary called The 1949 Blizzard of Wyoming. They had 20-foot snow drifts. And I was curious to watch it because I, I wanted to see, like, how they handled it, uh, how they handled that challenge and 
what they had to face. The people were extraordinary with each other. I mean, everybody was taken care of. Everybody was connected. I don't believe that they had power outages or some of the things, you know, that we were being challenged with. Um, They didn't mention anything about food shortage, water shortage, power outage. Yes, a lot of trains got stuck on the ice and people had to be rescued from there, but people worked together so fast and so swiftly. It was amazing. And also, you know, those people on those ranches were prepared for a, a cold winter. They have fireplaces, they've got logs, they've got food, they've got things, they're ready for whatever might come. And I just thought that was really interesting because, again, the difference was the way people behaved and the way that they acted, who they were being in the face of this made all the difference. They were rescuing each other. They provided everything. They said, you know, if there was somebody that we saw that needed something, we gave them our food, we gave them our bed, we gave them um, everything, everything they could possibly need, and we insisted upon it. We had no problem taking in strangers. This was prevalent, and it really makes all the difference. So there's been a food shortage because even though everybody wiped out all the food in there, you also have to realize, a lot of people don't realize, that everything that was frozen or um, that was in the refrigerated section had to be thrown out. Now, that's plenty of food. That's a lot of food. Had to be thrown out. So that also played a part. And even though people had just hundreds and hundreds of people had to stand inside to go to the grocery store, that's what they had to choose from. Um, And I think a lot of people don't realize that challenge as well. Um, And the situation you know, has finally been put to rest. I'm so grateful for that. And I really wanted to show my true, my true uh, appreciation by just being kind, appreciative, supportive with the plumber that helped me out tonight, Don. He was amazing. We shared stories. This guy was extraordinary. What a fabulous person working night and day on plumbing problems, getting people water while he had none. And he was without for just as long as the ones who were without for the longest time. And I just want to say that when it comes to our leaders, when it comes to our leaders, we lean on our leaders to lead the way. When they fail us, who do we count on? Ourselves. Because we We are the leaders. And I don't know if you know this, but I heard through the grapevine that those who failed to follow through and allowed this power failure to to occur, where many lost their lives, that five of them decided to resign because of their failure to be competent, responsible, and the list goes on. The importance of being is what this show is about, who we are being in our lives, our circumstances, our struggles. This is what makes the difference for us personally and for those around us. Who we are being is what it's all about, for it is 
responsible for the results in our experiences, and that is what life is made up of, kind, generous, helpful, connected, intentional, brave, caring, loving, appreciative, unstoppable, patient. These are just some of the ways of being that took a disaster and yet found that opportunity to turn it into an incredible and amazing experience. There was a heartbeat that led the way to safety, love, and happiness. Deep bonds were made. Friendships created and sealed. We kept our faith. We kept our spirits up by playing those games of telling heart-connecting stories that bonded us human to human, our humanity shown. The heroes that stepped up and risked their lives to deliver food to transport people were disguised as ordinary people who were actually extraordinary people. I'd like to take a moment right here A moment of silence for the people who lost their lives in these dire circumstances. And at the moment, the count is 22. I'd like you to take a moment with me. All right. May their souls be free and full of peace and love. Some say there are more extreme weather conditions like this to come. We may be in a repeat performance, not just here, but other areas. But it is us who can make the difference between suffering and love, life or death. Regarding the state of our leadership, we truly must take it upon ourselves to lead our own lives. For like it or not, We leave an indelible mark on others and this planet. Perhaps all the upheaval the world has been facing is just the opportunity we need to step up and finally take responsibility to be a cause in the matter and to stop blaming others for the way our lives are. We truly are the creators of our lives, our results in life, and our experiences. I bid you a good night until next Wednesday, and I wish you extraordinary magic and miracles. Welcome to Manifestation Mastery on Blog Talk Radio, life-changing manifestations with your host, Sterling Meyer.